Hi, everybody. I'm Maurice Merrick, and this is another Hot Lap from the Horsepower Heritage Podcast. And today, I'm looking at cars on film. We all like movie cars, right? It's probably one of the first ways we catch the bug. Anyway, I'm going to tell you the story of what's probably the most famous Lamborghini Miura in history, a 1968 P400 that was in the opening scene of the 1969 cult classic, The Italian Job. After its role in the film, the car vanished for nearly 50 years. And the story of its rediscovery has some controversy and plenty of twists and turns. But first, I need to tell you about Model Citizen Diecast. They sell collector-grade scale model cars, and they've got a special deal just for my listeners you're going to want to hear about. So let me give you an example. Let's say you like rally cars, right? And you want a little display of your favorites on your bookshelf or in your office. Well, they've got a nice Renault Alpine A110, a Lancia Stratos, and a Porsche 911T, all in 143rd scale. Nice detail on all these models. They're really sharp, and that's something that fits in the palm of your hand. Go to ModelCitizenDieCast.com, pick your favorites, and use the code HERITAGE at checkout, and they'll give you 10% off your order. Limitations apply. That's ModelCitizenDieCast.com, because your inner child still wants to play with cars. Today, I'm going to dive into some of the behind-the-scenes details of a movie that's sort of a pop culture time capsule of the swing in 60s, and that movie is The Italian Job. I'm pretty sure that plenty of you have seen the film, but for those of you who haven't, if you love classic cars, it is a movie you need to see. Not the 2003 film of the same name, but the original 1969 version. And by the way, Paramount released a restored print for the film's 50th anniversary a couple of years ago, and it looks incredible. All right, so I have to do a quick plot summary here because if you haven't seen the film, you might have an inkling of its importance, but until you really sit down and watch it, you don't get the full scope. Michael Caine plays Charlie Croker, a career thief who gets released from prison, and he immediately falls into his next caper. He's going to hijack a shipment of $4 million in gold bullion from the Fiat factory in the streets of Turin in broad daylight. To do that, he needs the help and approval of Mr. Bridger, an underworld crime boss who's serving his own prison term. Bridger is played by Noel Coward, who was in the twilight of a 58-year career in which he did practically everything you can do in show business, and in fact, The Italian Job was his last film, and he died a few years later. Now, Mr. Bridger gives Charlie the go-ahead, and he begins to assemble his crew and plan the heist. The plan hinges on a few key elements. For one, they have to disable the new computerized traffic control system in the city of Turin. Then they've got to ambush the gold convoy. And finally, they need to load all that gold bullion onto three Mini Cooper S's, red, white, and blue, and make their escape. There's also another little problem that threatens to ruin the whole plan, which is that the Mafia has no intention of letting them get away with this on Italian soil. So if you like movies like Ocean's Eleven and Snatch, you'll love this one. And it includes one of the best car chases ever filmed with the three Mini Coopers tearing through Turin with the police hot on their heels in Alfa Romeo Giulia's. Part of the chase scene occurs on the rooftop test track at Fiat. And because the Minis are so small, they exploit that attribute and get them into all kinds of tight spaces. It's really fun. And by the way, the stunt coordinator on the Italian job was a guy named Remy Julien, a Frenchman. And he just passed away a few months ago, but his work was groundbreaking. And he went on to do stunt coordination for six of the James Bond films, including in For Your Eyes Only, that chase scene where 
007 is in the Citron du Chevaux and he's getting chased by the bad guys in the Black Peugeots and the car tumbles down the hill and back to the roadway. And anyway, Remy Julien was a master of the car chase and his work on the Italian job was first rate. And there's, like I said, a ton of cars in the film. There's a great scene where Michael Caine picks up his Aston Martin from the garage where it's been sitting ever since he's been in prison. I mean, it's scene after scene of cool car stuff. But it's the car in the opening scene I'm going to tell you about today. The film opens with a wide shot of an Alpine pass connecting Switzerland with Italy. As the camera tilts downward, we hear the faint approach of a V12 engine. And then suddenly, there it is. An orange Lamborghini Miura P400. And then we're in the cockpit with Roger Beckerman, the driver, played by Rosano Brazzi, as he lights a cigarette behind the wheel. For the next several minutes, we're in the car as it snakes through the hairpins, from a green valley up to the snowy peaks and back down the other side. There's a couple of songs playing. First, the Mura's V12 trumpeting under hard throttle. And then there's Matt Monroe singing On Days Like These, a really classic song written by Quincy Jones just for the film. And then as the Mura approaches a tunnel, the music falls away, soon replaced by the screeching of brakes and then a crash and explosion as it runs head-on at speed into a bulldozer. And then comes the part that makes car lovers wince. The bulldozer pushes the dead Lamborghini off the edge of the road and into the river gorge below as a dozen mafia members pay respects to the unlucky driver. It has to be one of the most memorable car scenes in film history. And for years, car enthusiasts were pretty horrified at the thought that a perfectly good Lamborghini had to die like that. The full story wouldn't be known widely for decades, and the Italian job Mura became sort of a white whale for many Lamborghini enthusiasts. It more or less disappeared off the face of the earth, and it's kind of funny to me because no one seems to talk about the other cars in the film and where they might be today. Um, I know they wrecked probably 25 or 30 minis for the film, and no one seems to be looking for them. No one's looking for the Aston Martin or the E-Type or any of the Alpha Julias or even the Land Rover station wagon, but everyone wanted to know what happened to the Mura. Well, in 2013 a Parisian car broker named Eric Bruton was asked to mediate the sale of an orange 1968 Mura. It was chassis number 3586, and it was being sold from the collection of Norberto Ferretti, the chairman of one of the world's most prominent yacht builders. One of their brands, by the way, is Riva, which is like the classic Lake Como boat, right? It was a five or six owner car with low mileage, about 19,000 kilometers, and it had been stored indoors, so it was in remarkable condition. The new owner in Paris remarked that it reminded him of the car in the Italian job. So Eric Bruton wondered, could this be that car? And he began looking at the Italian job frame by frame for any clues. And he found what amounted to be the equivalent of fingerprints in the stitching of the leather in the dashboard and the headrests. At the factory, these were hand-sewn items by skilled ladies who nevertheless couldn't make everything perfect. So those imperfections that were seen on the film exactly matched the ones on chassis number 3586. Eric teamed up with Lamborghini historian and dealer Olivier Nemesh in Belgium to research the factory records and interview former employees. And slowly, they put the puzzle together. The truth is that there had always been two Italian job Muras, one for driving and one for destruction. 
In the course of his research, Olivier Nemesh interviewed longtime Lamborghini employee Enzo Moruzzi, who told him that a producer from Paramount Pictures had come to the factory in Sant'Agata, Bologna, in March or April of 1968, with the intention of buying a car. And he told Maruzzi they planned to crash it during filming, which was scheduled for that June. It's unlikely that Lamborghini had any cars to spare at the time because production was slow and the cars were in high demand. In the first few years, 1966 to 1969, they only built about 275. What we do know is that there was an orange car at the factory that the owner had wrecked, and the service department had stripped it of its serial number plate and its mechanicals, which were then transplanted into a new chassis. That car, the wrecked shell, according to Enzo Moruzzi, was Rosso Miura, a special shade of orange-red. This little detail will become important later, as you'll see. A draft copy of the Italian Job screenplay from May of 1968 shows a significant change to the car in the opening scene. Originally, the screenwriter, Troy Kennedy Martin, had written in a silver isogrifo. But this new draft showed an orange Lamborghini Mura, which reflected the scouting mission that occurred that prior month. Another link in the chain. And coincidentally, according to Moruzzi, there was another car on the assembly line at the time that just happened to be ordered in orange. Its build sheet specified Rosso Mura with a black vinyl interior, and it was bound for a distributor in Rome. Since this car on the production line matched the wrecked shell, Moruzzi requested production of the car be sped up. This would give the factory a bit of time to shake the car down and then give Paramount a few days with the car in the Alps, as well as time for Lamborghini to do final preparations back at the factory before delivery. So with little time to spare, Enzo Moruzzi himself drove the 400 kilometers from the factory to the filming location in the Alps. And then he drove the car during all the filming except the in-car shots when actor Rosano Brazzi is behind the wheel. When shooting wrapped, the car was returned to Bologna, then prepped and delivered to Rome. And that was the first week of July 1968, the last link between the film and the soon-to-be-famous Mura for decades. There's no evidence that the first owner knew that his car was in the film, or even cared. And in any event, it would be almost a year before the film's premiere. In the years that followed, anyone searching for the car may have been looking for an orange Mura with black seats and white headrests, just like we see in the film. But what they didn't know is that the build sheet had a few changes while the car was still on the assembly line. First, the black vinyl was changed in favor of white leather. Leather had become an option not long before. In fact, the early Muras were kind of rushed into production and their interiors were sort of cheap. Customers were actually farming out brand new cars for custom interiors and the factory realized this and they needed to upgrade. So 3586 got white leather interior, but Enzo Moruzzi had the factory men remove the white leather seats before filming to keep them unsullied. However, the white headrests were, for some reason, left in place. I don't know, maybe they didn't have any black ones sitting around. All this new information was shared on Lamborghini message boards beginning in 2014. And the Lambo community got wrapped up in a heated debate. Was this really the car? Because as it sat, chassis number 3586 was painted in Arancia Miura, or Mira Orange, not the redder Rosso Miura. On the message boards, some members were questioning the research and even the motives of others. But either way, it seems that everyone was fascinated by the unfolding story. 
In 2015, the car was sold to Ian Tyrrell, a Lamborghini specialist in England. Tyrrell repeated the prior research, and for him, what it came down to was a narrow production window, just seven months, in which the movie car could have been built. This was based on production changes during that period. But what finally convinced him was the gap between the car's completion and its final delivery. It left the assembly line on June 27, 1968, and was delivered to Rome on July 2nd. That coincided with the shoot schedule for the film's second unit in the Alps. But there was still the hotly contested issue of the paint color, especially given that in the film and in some period photos, the car could be really either color, depending on what print of the film or photograph you're looking at. And what about that wrecked car? Was it hastily repainted in Arancia by the production company before they filmed? Well, there's no evidence of that, although it is one theory. And there's nothing left of the car because it tumbled into the river gorge, so we'll probably never know. So back to chassis 3586 and the confusion about its paint color. Well, the explanation seemed to be found in a handwritten document from the factory archives with the letterhead of the special works department. When the car was first ordered in February 1968, it was to be painted Rosamura with a black vinyl interior, like I said before. But by the time the body was finished at Bertoni and delivered by truck back to Sant'Agata, the factory, the first owner had requested a color change to Arancia Mura with a white leather interior. And 3586 would be the first Mura to be painted in that color. Prior to that, the only orange color was Rosa Mura, and in fact, the Shah of Iran's Mura was that color. And at least for a time, some fans thought that perhaps the Shah's car was the one in the film. Anyway, by 2015, with the car still in the hands of Ian Tyrrell, who had done a few projects on it, freshened it up, the story broke that the Italian job Mura had been found, and the car was on the cover of numerous magazines, with lots of enthusiastic coverage. But Lamborghini wasn't ready just yet to authenticate 3586 as the car from the film. And it's not clear why, no one will really say, but apparently there were some corporate and political issues behind the scenes. It could simply be that they wanted to be careful since the subject had been so hotly debated for so long in the enthusiast community, and everybody was looking for this car. In other words, they didn't want to be taken for fools. Polo Storico, which is the classic division of Lamborghini, completely restored 3586, and under a lamp they found some original undisturbed paint. And that color was Arancia. So that settles the argument, at least for some people. By 2018, the car was sold to a collector in Liechtenstein, and along with it came, finally, the factory authentication of the car as the one that Rosano Brazzi drives in the film. And that was just in time for the 50th anniversary of the film. In August of 2019, the car was shown at the Pebble Beach Concord d'Elegance, and I saw it there myself, and it was stunning. The debate over the paint color, though, will probably never end, and there will continue to be naysayers who won't accept that 3586 is the movie car. And part of the problem here is that for years, it really was just a used car. It passed through numerous owners, and only the rabid fans were really paying attention. We're unaware if any of the past owners knew or even cared about the film connection. And by the time Eric Bruton started solving the puzzle, everyone that had any involvement with the film car was elderly. Some of them had even passed away. And recollections get hazy. And I may get hate mail for saying this, but in the end... Maybe the color doesn't matter. 
It's a great movie and a great car. So if you haven't seen The Italian Job, check it out. I guarantee you'll enjoy it and you'll understand what all the fuss was about. That does it for this hot lap. Horsepower Heritage will be back next week. If you like what you've heard, follow the podcast, tell your friends about it, and don't forget to leave me a five-star review. Also, check out the website at horsepowerheritage.com. And if you want to get in touch, just click on the contact button. Finally, you can follow me on Instagram at horsepowerheritage. Until next time, I'm Maurice Merrick. Thanks for listening.